What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another impactful episode of The Vile Files. I'm your host, Nick, joined by the household of Allie, Amanda, and Derek. And our very, very special guest today, friend of show, returning to The Vile Files, LA Times reporter, investigative journalist, Amy Kaufman is with us. Everyone, round of applause for Amy. How's it going, Amy? Hi, Did I get that right? Yeah. Yes, you did. Actually, now I'm technically a columnist, I guess, but... Investigative reporter sounds juicier. I agree. Let's go. We like that. Okay. Uh, We wanted to have Amy here because obviously we are are super deep into all things Vanderpump, Scandaval, and anything Vanderpump adjacent, of which the recent documentary on Hulu... Hulu, 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 Hulu. Hulu. <laughs> uh, Randall Scandal. God, these names of these men are so giving when it comes to them being fuck ups. But uh, we watched it and we saw our friend Amy on it. Amy has been covering the Randall Emmett scandal really from day one. I mean, you broke the story uh, with you and your colleague. Meg James. Yeah. yeah, Meg James. And you have been in the weeds investigating uh, this scandal and and Randall Emmett, and it's really credit to both of you for bringing this story to light. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I do feel a camaraderie with you in that prior to um, looking into Randall, I was not a Vanderpump person, and now I'm like fully obsessed. Oh, really? You're new to it too? Yes, but oh, although my. I've gone back and watched new seasons. I'm, I am. You're starting. I'm episode five of season one. I've already, and then like I've watched as reference point. I've watched the reunion of season two because the reunion of season two has the cheating scandal between Tom and Kristen. And so I was trying to get like data points and reference points. And then going back and watching season one has just been an absolute trip. But yeah, going from Bachelor, I mean, you're still a Bachelor obsessive, but that now another reality show. I feel on the same journey with you. It's kind of fun to almost watch it the way I'm watching it. I think for obviously if you've been an OG Vanderpump fan, the payoff is this has been a very rewarding season for everyone. But, you know, there's like a lot of a, a lot of movies that will start like in the middle, like Pulp F- Fiction famously kind of starts in the middle, bounces to the beginning and then there's the end. And like there is a there's a charm in watching, I guess, anything in that way, because you get like backstory yeah. and things like that. And so it's it's almost, you know, we love an origin story sometimes. And so like watching it from like the middle of a story or starting at like a season 10 and having the ability to go back and provide yourself with more context is kind of fun. Yeah, totally. I know my my boyfriend was like, you know what happens though. So why would you watch it from the beginning? I was like, because I need to know what built these people. Yeah, And like, especially with Lala in particular, I think if I had watched the show like as it was actually coming out, I would have a very different opinion of Lala. Yeah. When you get to season four, you're going to be like, oh, whoa, okay. (laughs) And I've heard that, right? And I have, you know, being in the reality TV space, uh, I've met a handful of Vanderpump people. You know, it's like we kind of get covered by the same outlets Mm -hmm. and things like that. So there's always a familiarity in terms of the people. But yeah, it's almost you can you can be painted in an inaccurate brush. You know, you know when they get caught up in scandals and things like that. But yeah, I think for pe- the people like Katie in Lala, who personally, and we were talking about this before recorded, like I haven't met every one of the castmates. I mean, I've met most of them. But in terms of personality and people that I, I find myself more naturally drawn to are without question Lala and Katie in mm-hmm. terms of 
how they see the world, you know, not necessarily all their decisions, but just their personality. And I, I love how Lala and Katie are, you know, they might not always get it right, but they are willing to take a stand for what they believe in. Right. They, they have conviction. And I think character matters to them more than it matters to the rest of their castmates, potentially. I can see that. Yeah. I think also what I appreciate about reality stars in general, I mean, and part of this is like knowing you and other people in the Bachelor world, like the reason I even wanted to write a book about The Bachelor however many years ago was because like when I started meeting people at watch parties or whatever, I was like, oh, this is really not the vibe I got on the show. And I'm as you know, judgmental AF. And then I would meet these people and be like, they're cool. I'd hang out with them. Like, and that's definitely how I feel with the Vanderpump people too. Cause yeah. I'm not going to lie. When I, I was never interested in Vanderpump rules. I was like, ugh, like yeah, it seemed so catty. It seemed like, and now we're like, obsessed. I feel, I honestly, I, I feel bad that I feel the same way. I yeah. always kind of, I felt like I put my nose up to it for of whatever. All the, yeah. Of all the reality. For whatever like, reason. It's ball. like, oh no, like whatever. And like, it turns out like this, <laughs> it's arguably the best reality TV show, I think, ever. I don't know if I go that far, but it's very good. I just love the... The incestuousness of the drama. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, there's just so many... Re, re, like, call back to watching episode one. Jax uh, getting a stripper pregnant <laughs> in Vegas and then lying about it. And then Jax and Stasi fighting... For a lot of people, like real, these are real life scandals that are playing out on TV, and I think it's they they were authentic. Yeah, they were authentically messy for sure. Yeah. But also, like, I don't know if this struck you watching the first season as much. I was, I remember being to my friend, like, I'm sorry, like they are talking about this with their employer. Like it was that concept is. I mean, I know that people forget about that now because they don't work there anymore. But the fact that this drama was happening in their restaurant is so wildly unprofessional. Like. It's just insane. Sure. But it was also the premise of the show. So they kind of had to do that. Yeah, I know. It's just, uh, it was, yeah. But yeah, it's like kind of an HR violation from the get. Like beyond. Yeah. I don't think that would fly now. I don't think you can make the show in that setting now. That's an interesting point. Yeah. I mean, every atmosphere is a little different. I mean, even our show, it's like we're sex and dating and pop culture. That's true. So it's just like, you wouldn't normally talk about We sex talked about dating. period but, sex, yeah, like last like, Thursday with her so, boss. <laughs> that was weird. You know, <laughs> I think, no, it actually wasn't weird, which is the weird part about it was yeah. that it didn't feel weird in the moment is that we were just like, oh, but yeah, I find myself in those topics to like take a back seat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As you should. My line of questioning is always a little more papered. Yeah. Great way to handle it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think, cause like, it seems like for me as someone who Scandaval happened and then going back and watching Vanderpump, like. I tend to weight the way characters are now and the way they've been like reacting to everything a lot more than I weight their path selves, where it feels like people who have been more invested in Vanderpump from like early seasons are like less likely to believe that certain cast members have like changed right. from the people who made the very same mistakes. And therefore, there's like some hypocrisy within the accusations. Do you think that makes a difference of like kind of when people clued in? I don't know. It is interesting. Like, I think. You can even see on the reunion when Raquel is saying to James and Lala, like, you guys cheated. And then Andy's pointing out that all of them have cheated. Like, yeah. in some way, they're all on level playing field in terms of moral character on that front, I guess. But, like, there are certain things where I do think you should factor in their past behavior. It's an interesting 
discussion. I was actually thinking about this prior to you and I talking. Yeah. And then watching back the first season. And again, the first season, for anyone who hasn't watched yet, spoiler alert, three episodes in to the like the entire franchise, Jax Taylor is accused of getting a stripper in Vegas pregnant. Which he did. Which it turns out, you know, is true. Yeah. I'm like Googling it, you know, just like, this isn't being true. <laughs> uh, turns out, and then just boldface lying to all his friends, so much so that Katie and Kristen at the time, and Sandoval, no sock, and Swartz, no shock, but like vehemently had Jax's back. Like he was such a convincing liar. He got someone pregnant. And I know like, it's not like he wasn't necessarily trying to get her pregnant but like to be cheated on only to find out that your partner got some stranger pregnant is a level of like pain that must hurt much much more oh i, mean, I know like, the series that's a that's and a, your friends your best friends believe him yeah and so like i'm watching it being like and this is kind of maybe a nice segue into what you kind of wrote about in your piece it's like as crazy as scandal has been you know, Howie Mandel wasn't wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't do himself any favors, not like the questions he asked Scandival, but Howie Mandel wasn't wrong by like pointing out just how insane this has all gotten from a national standpoint. You know, especially in a world now where you have all these streaming services, so much content out there, everything is inherently like niche. You know, it's just like you just got to dominate your niche, yep. so to speak. It's hard to break through to like mainstream conversation, and yet this has, but Jax Taylor convincingly lying about it to all his friends where they shamed the victim in that situation, Stasi. Yeah. Was this kind of part of the story? They all move past things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they all, and there's, cheating is so rampant. It's like multiple, all of them do it. Every yeah. single one. And so like, this is probably a very unpopular opinion because, so I'll say, preface it with that. But I, in terms of like the public shaming, you know, on Watch What Happens Live when, Andy asked Ariana, like, do you think it's gone too far? And she was like, no, I think people are just reacting. When I was watching the finale, which I agree with Kate Arthur, I think was like the best episode of reality TV I've ever seen. The stakes were so high. Even though Tom was, Tom Sandoval was overdramatic and selfish and clearly is a deeply troubled and horrible person, something about watching the finale made me feel like, okay, like, he did he cheated and he like really fucked up like i don't like the driving people to want to like harm harm themselves element yeah. of society it's so intense yeah again what i love about lala is lala seems to be this person who has no problem being like i fucked up i fucked up and i'm learning from it yeah right great we are we are all humans but like that and where lisa vanderpump got heat where Lala calls Sandoval a narcissist. Lisa chimes in, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, let's... I actually think it was because she compared him to Randall, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lala had a... I love Lala's line about, like, I couldn't get him to leave. I couldn't get him to stay when we were together, and now I can't get him to leave, which that, that, really, that point really drove home. I mean, she made a strong point there. That being said, the sad reality is, is that there is so much infidelity out there in the world, right? And we love, as individuals, when we fuck up, to reference, like... Not necessarily excuses, but like reasons. It's like, hey, whatever, I was going through this or I've experienced some trauma or in Lala's case, hey, listen, I was drinking a lot. Yeah. I was fucked up. Do you think, question, Raquel has left. We don't, you know, all these rumors, she's pregnant, she's this, she's that, she's in a mental Did you guys see facility. that TikTok? 
Which TikTok? Of apparently Raquel walking in an airport. Someone said it was Raquel and she looks pregnant. No. Where is this? Well, wasn't it her sister was like saying that she was? I heard what? that. Her, that yeah, Raquel's I, I heard, sister was I saying that she was pregnant. I saw something over the weekend where she's like staying at grandma's house in Arizona. You'll, you'll be able to find on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. like at her grandma's house hiding out because she's pregnant. I don't think she's pregnant. I think those are all just re- silly. Same, but. Silly rumors. But back to my original look, question yeah. to you. All right. James's uh, reasoning, justification or reasoning or explanation, at least for his misgivings is I was 21. I was 22. Like every, no matter what it was, like I was fine. You were younger. He's younger. Okay. You drink. Okay. But do you actually don't think James has changed very much? Like sometimes he's very reactive still. He says really mean shit. Yeah. Like judgmental about people's bodies shit. And like just unnecessarily like he doesn't. I don't know. I think. Like yeah. He's funny, but I'm like, you're not the nicest. I, I agree with you. I do think Allie is good for him, though. Let's say what at any point where Cal comes back to the public eye, Instagram, whatever, however she does. Yeah. I'm expecting Raquel, whenever she pops back in the public light, to have some sort of diagnosis. I agree. Whatever that is. I don't know. And that maybe that di- wait, what I if, think that that could be legitimate, though. It might be. But what if that diagnosis is simply like, I was drinking too much? I mean, Lala, throughout season 10, was referencing Raquel's drinking. And I guess my question to you is, do you think Lala, to her credit, has acknowledged her mistakes and said, hey, but I, I was fucking drinking. Now I've changed. Do you think Lala will offer Raquel the same grace she wants people to give her if Raquel comes back and says, I'm sober now? I've stopped drinking. It's not an excuse for my behavior. I am so sorry, but I was just throwing it all back. And I, that whole period was quite honestly like a hazy, drunken mess. Do you think she will be allowed to use that as a reason for her behavior? Like like Lala very much has. No, because as she said on the reunion when she's like, but I wasn't fucking my best friend. Like, it's not just it's a it's a, a step beyond just cheating. OK, I think that's what she would probably say i also feel like it would be used as a justification for reintegrating her back in the friend group when it's like there's nothing she can do to be reintegrated back into the friend group well they never liked her to begin with yeah i guess maybe sheena sheena's done with her yeah don't you guys think though like in terms of we're not psychologists obviously but like in watching the last part of the reunion where she's so unemotional and everyone's picked up on that I did see something going on there. That does not seem natural to me. Raquel's reaction. Just the lack of emotion. That seems like something's going on there. And she's smiling through a pot. Like she's like, yeah, she's but like, then in a right moment, it. she can cry. Like she has, she will cry. I've seen very quickly. People like, do TikToks of the comparison of at the beginning of the season when she's out with Peter and she's bawling about pageantry yeah. and having aged out of pageants. And then she's watching her supposed one of closest friends sob about how hard this has all been and how it's affecting her relationship with her daughter and she's watching it on the monitor just but i'm saying i no think it's emotion. like right under the surface because like even in the car with the panic attack and like when they were sitting at the campfire yeah, the- at the camping and suddenly she starts crying i'm like i don't know you can just feel it's like all right there what's all right there i don't know if it's guilt or some level of emotion but she whatever therapy she gets i hope helps to address why she is able to keep up that facade yeah, because, because it's not doing her anything that's the thing it's too it's just like i know raquel and tom are like the villains of america especially in reality tv world but maybe rachel is a sociopathic narcissist i don't i don't fucking know you know what i'm saying like everyone wants to throw out those label, accusations yeah. 
Yeah. But may- maybe did also did you hear like I uh, this I I heard this rumor. I've heard it was also verified and like it's I think even part of the show, but like shockingly not discussed. But like Rachel's origin story of not being raised by her parents is that did you did you hear about that when rachel's mom was pregnant with rachel she it was a, a surprise it was an unexpected oh i pregnancy. told you this yeah, yeah. and so she said that that's Raquel true yeah. said that. Yeah, so yeah. she was raised by her aunt mm-hmm. yeah and didn't know who her sister her thought her sister was her cousin i think she knew i don't when think did she they, find out i don't think they like kept okay, it from even her. if she knew like do, why are we all just like no you imagine how the psychological fucked upness that might cause someone to like have their own mother not want them, but like be well, have, we don't know the circumstances. I don't know the circumstances, yeah. but I'm just saying I can at least have empathy. There's some family in terms of how trauma, that might yeah. have affected Rachel. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't ever dealt with and if it wasn't ever addressed, like fuck. If that in itself, again, it's not an excuse, but if that was part of an explanation as to why. Raquel makes some of these choices or, or, or comes across kind of emotionally stunted in certain aspects of her life. Well, that would that'd be enough for me. Yeah. Okay. This is what I want the Nick Vile take on. You have been a villain in reality show history and very successfully pivoted that arc yeah. to literally become the bachelor. I mean, your villain, the reasons you were a villain were hardly as bad as what they have done. Sure. But Having witnessed people go through that experience on television, if you were the PR for Rachel or Tom, what do you think the right move is for them in the next few months? It's a great question. One, I think you make an excellent point that like being a, a villain on The Bachelor is a very different. Like fighting with Sean Booth yeah, is it's not. Like, <laughs> there's not much you're really being vilified for. So it's much easier to get out of. Like all you really have to do is be like, hey, I have a personality and right. I'm not like a you know, there's there's more to me than just this soundtrack you've been listening to while you see me on on the screen. But if I were their if I were their publicist or their manager, I I don't think they're capable. I guess is my answer because I think on for, their own or yeah. even with advice. Yeah, I I think I think they'd have to follow the advice. Okay. I actually ran into over the weekend Tom Sandoval's manager. Okay. And I didn't know it was just the manager. Oh wow. And it just came up in conversation. The reaction I got from them was like, they don't have much faith in Sandoval's ability to kind of say or do the right thing. I think he has to first fully understand what he did. And I really don't think Sandoval has. I heard from a very reliable source that Sandoval right now has the mindset and has said so through actual words that like he has a kind of a you're welcome attitude for everyone else in Vanderpump. uh Like, hey, this is all blown up. We're Congrats bigger on the salary. We're bump bigger than ever. Coming. Yeah. yeah, we have all this, and this is because of what I did. And I honestly think he he thinks that, and he believes that so much so that people have heard him say. Okay, that. so whether he listens to the advice is one thing, but what should the advice be? He actually takes accountability. He has to get people to believe that he truly understands he's wrong. He has to be willing to take his punches, so to speak. He has to go out there and let the Lala and the James in, in America, whether it's too far or not, just be like, yeah, I fucking deserve any. I have no excuses. He has to be the one when Andy Cohen, you know, interjects because like I, I loved how Ariana on episode one of the reunion, like it was, I thought as great as Andy Cohen is at his job, 
I thought he did himself a disservice by immediately start questioning the relationship. And that's kind of the trope of, of a cheating scandal. You know, you find out someone's cheated on so-and-so, and the first line of question is, well, what was going on in the relationship? Mm -hmm. What was wrong with the relationship? Mm -hmm. And like we put the relationship on trial rather than per the, person the person who, who actually yep. cheated on trial. And to Ariana's point, like it doesn't matter how bad or good the relationship was. That's a completely separate conversation because you can break up, you can go to therapy, there's a handful of choices you can do in a relationship that don't require you fucking someone else and especially fucking their best friend. So like in that case, I think had Tom, let's say, in the, go back to episode one, Andy is just like, so Tom, when did the relationship go wrong? What was it? What was it like? And, and, and if Tom would have said, to be honest, Andy, like with all due respect, I don't think your question's fair to Ariana. I think you're that, putting- I don't think I would have bought it though. Whether you bought it or not, that's the only thing he could say. And he's got to be consistent. I think you don't buy things from Tom Sandoval because because he's acted like a because yeah. he well we know he doesn't believe it right? right because he can go on a podcast with Howie and he can say something like you know what I just want Ariana to be happy I fucked up I'm sorry he says those things he says he's fucked up he says he deserves the but then immediately he starts justifying Defending, yeah. it by criticizing the relationship or criticizing Ariana that's why we don't believe him that's why I'm literally wondering like what could save him at this point. Well, that's why I don't he think he goes it. into the next season. What is the play for him? Therapy. He's just like showing his therapy sessions. What I guess what I'm saying is to to save his image, he actually has to be like in Bachelor World. Yeah. Like, I don't think the average Bachelor contestant, I think generally speaking, they're all decent people. There's definitely some pieces of shit in Bachelor World. Right. But like generally speaking, no one's as good or as bad as they come across on TV. And if someone is unlucky enough to get a villain edit, it's usually based off of generally nothing. So all they have to do is just show an attractive side to mm -hmm. themselves. And, you know, people are like, oh, like they got something there. With Tom, people have to believe his remorse. They have to believe that he sees what everyone else sees. And no one believes that he sees it. And I think to do it, he has to truly, it, will, it would take a long time. Because on, like, on other reality TV, it's just like, oh, well, now I agree with you. I see your side. It would take an entire season 11 of him truly repenting and truly like, and you would need to see Tom articulate in a conversations with his cast members or with his or therapist, shorts, yeah. whatever. And, and he would have to show like, you know, leadership skills, like a Lala. Leadership no, skills. I, that's maybe the wrong phrase, but like Lala, again, like Lala's gift and why she's like who she is this season is because she has no problem being like, I fucked up. Like it's, she has humility, she right. has grace, and then she's articulating. And then she's savage. And she's, and by leader, like, no, but literally being a big, she would try to be a big sister to, to Rachel this in season 10. I hey, did, when she said, yeah, hey, you know, babe, you're not I've a been mistress. There. You're not, a, you're yeah. not a mistress. Don't let anyone say this to you, but like you also, but don't make the same mistakes I've done. If Tom could do, have an opportunity to show these things and be like a mentor to some other like person let's say him and james were still somewhat friends or whatever james being a little younger maybe he went to him and pulled james aside and said hey man like i've been i've made so i've hurt people i love claims claim to love i've done x y and z you're doing the same shit i've done and please don't if you saw sandoval help someone uh, uh not do something that he did i think that could be a start i just don't think he's capable of it i think rachel's path to i don't know if you call it redemption but Purgatory? <laughs> yes, is much clearer. Like, and I don't know if that's fair or not, but like you said, you put less blame on her than him. And I think 
she comes back, if she really did spend whatever, two and a half months in an actual treatment facility, has a better understanding of her motives, has like real conversations with the people she's hurt and apologize, like like the steps in AA or something. I I don't know if she would be back on the show, but on the show or not, she would have to confront Tom Sandoval in a way that like disassociated herself from him completely. And kind of was just like, she would have to take her power back from Tom. Right. First of all, she would have to not be with him. She'd have to not be with yeah. him. She would have to like disassociate herself with him. She'd have to like, kind of have like a, a Sheena type conversation with Tom. She's A, taking accountability for her action. She's like, I fucked up. I did X, Y, and Z. I have to own that. I have something I will always have to live with. Right. Blah, I got blah, swept blah, blah. up in it. Yeah. But at the same time, the assumption is, is that Tom being like in it from season one, that kind of a a patriarchal kind of figure on the show who kind of Which manipulated. Is so insane. Like, I know. <laughs> do you, like, that's, I don't know if you go back and watch, like, I'm also shocked that, like, whoever liked this guy on Call Her Daddy when they were asking Ariana, like, you can admit the band's not great, right? Like, why is no one acknowledging, like, this is a weird ass dude? Like, I don't see, I would never have wanted to hang out with him. Like, apart from his. Like, what was the appeal? Yeah, like, what is the appeal? Ever... He he his hair is odd. I just don't it doesn't work for me. Well, that was I think one of the more interesting parts of talking with Brad was when Brad said like Tom was a really good friend and like he was loyal and he showed up for people. And granted like now that we see this we're like are you how di- like nothing can ever be like Sandoval and loyal should never be used in the same sentence. I mean, but you know what I don't think is a good friend is someone who always is telling you they're they're a good friend, which is what he does. Like throughout the show, you'll see like he's like, I've always been there for you. I bought you this. I took you here. I'm like, okay, like we don't need you to if you have to push the narrative on me. I don't know if I buy it. Because Sandoval is one of those friends who, again, like I, I think this is an epidemic in our society. But when it comes to friendships and people, we associate ourselves. I don't think people actually think about character. People aren't going when they're making friends with people and asking themselves, are they a good person? Do they treat other people around them with respect? What you do know, you think they're evaluating instead? Are they fun? What can mm-hmm. I get from this person? Mm-hmm. You know, what access can they give me? How Is that because helpful- you've lived in L.A. too long? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's not just L.A. Mm. And I, I don't think people actually think that to themselves. I don't think they're like saying that to themselves. But I don't think they're thinking, listen, you can't watch someone treat someone else like a sh- just be shitty to someone else and then look the other way and say they've never done that to me. And then claim that you yep. care about like that you evaluate people's character is a is like kind of a benchmark to whether you want to uh, be friends with them or not. And I think so often we, you know, especially younger, it's just like, yeah, they can get you into a party. They have access. You know, listen, it's tough to make friends, you know. And so at first you're just like, yeah, they want to hang out with me. Great. <laughs> you know, he it's definitely like does have that. Good, like, yeah, let's get everyone together and have a good time. Bye. Yeah. So that is, I think, his value to, was his value to the friend group. Was yeah, like, it's always fun, and yeah. it wasn't. And then very rarely did your needs come in conflict with Tom Sandoval's needs. But when that happens, you can't expect Sandoval to be a friend because he's immediately going to prioritize whatever those his needs are. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not going to be like, "Well, I can't do this because," you know, he can he can get you batteries because he has nothing better to do on a Tuesday. And so, like to him, he's this like he will do you favors in between like his selfish needs mm-hmm. and to him that's being a friend by like you know just doing acts of service and things like that as long as it doesn't come in conflict with that, whatever he needs at any given moment we've really like analyzed him it's so fun yeah 
Ship Station. Hey, we live in an increasingly automated world, but some things still require tedious manual work, like shipping. Luckily, for e-commerce business owners, shipping is no longer a manual task thanks to ShipStation. Save time automating your shipping and returns in the ShipStation dashboards while keeping costs down with industry-leading discounts. Effortless integration everywhere you sell online, including Amazon, Etsy, eBay, Shopify, and more. Manage every order from one simple dashboard, print shipping labels, easily compare rates and delivery times to optimize every shipment and automate delivery notifications. I can speak from personal experience. I've been using ShipStation for like three years now. It's what every small business should use if you are doing any kind of e-commerce business and shipping your products to get to your customer. Uh, get up to 84% off USPS and UPS rates. 84% off. And if that is not enough, use our code to try ShipStation for free for two months. Over 130,000 companies have grown their e-commerce business with ShipStation, and 98% of those companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life. So if you are operating a small business, shipping products to get to your customers, you must try ShipStation. Again, it's so easy to integrate with whatever platform you're using. You get incredible discounts that are usually reserved for your Fortune 500 and Fortune 100 companies. You can get those too. Just go to ShipStation.com and use code V-I-A-L-L today and sign up for a free 60-day trial. Spend more time growing your business when you automate shipping tasks with ShipStation. Go to ShipStation.com and use code V-I-A-L-L and sign up for a free 60-day trial. That is ShipStation.com, code V-I-A-L-L. ShipStation.com, code V-I-A-L-L. This show is sponsored by Better Sleep. If you're not sleeping well, you are not your best self. And being your best self is what we're all about here at the Vile Files. Well, better sleep is helping people get those Z's when you need them. Natalie and I absolutely love better sleep. We are, uh, we are white noise people. We, we love a good background, a little thunderstorm, a little brown noise sometimes. You ever try some brown noise? So good. With the Better Sleep app, you can personalize your sleep experience that calms your racing thoughts and boosts concentration. In fact, Business Insider says Better Sleep is one of the most positively reviewed apps in the history of the Apple Store. That is saying something. Over 200 soothing sounds and a range of smart features to help you sleep faster, deeper, and longer. Explore audio tracks from categories such as ASMR, brainwaves, meditation, stories, and more. Use a pre-made soundscape mix or combine your favorite sounds, color, noises, and melodies from Better Sleep's an expansive library to create your perfect mix. You know, sometimes when you start seeing someone new and you're staying at their house, like you're disrupted from bedtime routine. And I love Better Sleep because it can be this source of consistency, whether I'm staying at my boyfriend's house, whether I'm traveling. I always know that I've had this like carefully customized thing that works for me, helps slow my brain down, get ready for bed that I can take wherever I go. It's named Apple's Podcast of the Day over 65 times. So if you are listening to this right now and you've tossed and turned last night, go ahead and download Better Sleep now. Right now, that's right. High quality rest is vital to mental well-being and physical health. Better Sleep collaborated with the world's renowned sleep specialist at Oxford University, Professor Dr. Russell Foster, uh, to help you achieve your best sleep. Clear your mind and ease your stress with expert guided meditation and hypnosis. When you sleep better, you feel better, improve your quality of life in as little as one week. Download Better Sleep from your App Store or Google Play. That's better sleep on the App Store or Google Play. I want to get back to Randall Scandal. Uh, how did you like even just get into investigating this story regarding Randall Emmett and Lala and kind of get it in the weeds? And 
How did you even kind of first discover that there was a story here? I thought what was so fascinating watching the documentary was, from my understanding, it seems to be portrayed that it wasn't until he kind of inserted himself into Vanderpump and decided he wanted to be a reality TV star did he shine what clearly turned out to be an unnecessary spotlight on himself. The irony, I think, is just kind of rich there. But like from your standpoint, how did it play out from the perspective of an L.A. Times journalist? As you know, I've written a lot since 2017, I guess, um, about men in Hollywood who have been accused of um, misconduct. And so I get a lot of tips on that front. And in 2017 and the fall, right after Harvey Weinstein happened, um, we did. It wasn't me personally, but the paper got a tip um, about Randall. And at the time, I think we just were deluged with so much stuff that and Randall was not on Vanderpump Rules. He was actually like a very, I would say at that point, especially more of a power player or at least, you know, got things made in, in town. But it wasn't like the go to person that you would be like, oh, God, I like look into this tip. And that's on us. You know, we have to make judgment calls. But um, a few years later, uh, Meg, my colleague who's in the documentary with me, got another tip about a lawsuit um, where he had allegedly like not paid the financiers. And it all just coincided like we got enough. We were getting a couple more tips and we're like, you know what? We should probably look into this guy. We've heard things about him for a few years. And um, we it just was one of those things where the sources came together that we ended up having access to. I would say more than I've ever had access on any investigation, like internal documents, text messages, contacts, just like a treasure trove of behind the scenes, how a production company works in Hollywood. And we started uncovering some old and disturbing things. At what point were you just like, holy shit, there's definitely way more to uncover here? Yeah, like a fire is certainly lit under all this smoke. Like, yeah, what was your kind of the smoking gun moment if you had one? So when you... um are looking into someone, one of the first things you'll do, or we do at the paper at least, is we, we scrub them is what we call it. So you get like the library to help you look up um, the public records background of someone. So like, do they have any lawsuits against them is one of the first things um, or any criminal records, whatever, because, you know, red flag. Um, or even like, because I actually watched the She Said movie last night. Yes. Very well done. Check it out. They were looking at like, claims against them that kind of went nowhere you know like if someone makes some sort of like a sexual harassment claim that gets kind of swept under the rug or something right. like that but like if you dig deep enough you realize that a claim was made kind of thing well that's but it's harder not, like, not to a, like, yeah it's not a public record type of thing did you guys do any of that stuff well yeah but like if it was hr or which there wasn't at his company sure. or like um if a police report is filed that is not public record um unless the accuser like has a copy of the public or sorry of the police report they made and we'll share it with you like really? i can't just call the lapd and be like hey i heard I nick um yeah. filed a police report against his neighbor they'd be like no that's that's private really yeah so when we started looking into him there were already like dozens of lawsuits still ongoing not settled or anything um and we were like okay that's unusual for someone to have that many lawsuits going on and this all coincided with the lala Picture, sorry, the pictures coming out of him with women and Lala believing he had cheated on her. And so I think because of, as you noted, his visibility on Vanderpump rules um, and Lala was out there being like, I know all this stuff. Da, 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 da. People were like coming, willing to come forward more. Mm -hmm. um, and 
So when you started asking around about him, it was like, oh, I've heard this and I've heard this. And yeah, people were just it was the right moment for people to be willing to share. The documentary, I really enjoyed it. Obviously, uh, it's great to see you on it. And with most of these types of shows, you film a ton of content and then you're kind of wait to see what makes the cutting room floor. Was there anything in this documentary that you felt like got left out that you were surprised? Is there more information that you reported on that like hasn't reached that that didn't reach the documentary? This is my first time having a story made into one of these projects. So it was like a learning experience for me, too. Um, And I didn't know what it would be like trying to convince sources to go on camera who had just spoken to us for the paper. Um, And also you know, presumably more difficult because people don't want to show their faces. They're already reluctant to even be in the story. And sometimes if we have enough corroboration, we can grant them anonymity. And in this case, it wasn't possible in the documentary. Like if there was someone who wanted to come forward, but wanted to be in shadow, you know, like in those, like like, change your voice or like we would still in the fact checking process have had to disclose that person's identity to Randall and his team, which obviously like takes away. The whole reason why they wouldn't want to do it. Yes. Um, And that was, you know, the standard of of the production. So uh, the legal standard. So that was a problem in getting people, I think, to participate. But in the story, the main thing that I felt wasn't able to make it into the documentary was um, the sexual misconduct allegations, which there are so many we couldn't even put in the story, um, which, you know, may or not be true. They didn't reach the standard for the paper. But like in the story, we have... um, you know, you'll, you've heard Lala say like casting, she's been accused couch. of running yeah. a casting couch. For our audience, can you explain what that is? Yeah, that was sort of the idea that has been around in Hollywood a lot where like, if you are on a couch with a powerful person um, and exchange sexual, sexual favors, favor. you'll get uh, a part in a movie or, or a part in a project. So in the story, there's like, we found um, a letter that Gloria Allred had written to Randall, she alleged that Randall had promised her parts in um, films if she would give him sexual favors, um, which she said she did. And she did receive those parts in exchange, but basically said like she was coerced and there was a power imbalance. And um, in this letter, Gloria Allred was asking for um, a lot of money in exchange for what this girl had been through. And then we saw, like, I think in the, I think in the story, it says that we, we have a source witnessing that he signed the agreement saying he paid this woman off. There were some crazy things that happened while reporting that story that have never happened to me. Like, I spoke to a woman who had the most serious allegations I've heard about Randall yet that actually did not end up in the story because... I talk to her. She sends me screenshots. She sends me NDAs, all this stuff. And then when we go to write the story, what you do is you send Randall and his team a list of all the questions with allegations you're going to put in the story so he can have adequate time to respond. And in response to that, what he sends is not only the answers, but sometimes people will send like documentation of why the people we've spoken to are supposedly not uh, trustworthy. Sure. So he sent a lot of like, uh, I don't know what you'd call them affidavits i guess in his like a like support signed statements in support of his character and one of them was from this woman who i'd spoken to who gave me all this damning information and she said in it that i actually spoke to amy at the behest of lala because lala is in this custody battle and 
um, is out to get Randall. And so I made up the most wild stuff I could think of and completely lied to Amy. And um, none of it is true and all of this stuff. Randall provided you a, a letter that basically said that. She No, he provided a letter from this girl where she recanted yeah, everything. That's I, yeah. yeah. That's... And signed it. It was like, Randall is not paying me to write this. And on top of this, one of the other ones, the other signed statements was from another woman who was friends with that girl who said the same thing. Lala had convinced her to talk to me and lie. And um, she took back everything she said. I had never even interviewed that girl. I called this woman. She said, I don't want to talk. She didn't respond to me. And then Randall's team sends a whole statement from this woman who refused to talk to me saying, I did an interview with Amy. I said all this stuff and I lied about it. We'd never even done an interview. Crazy. I know. What was their angle? Like how, how did Lala get them to lie? A, why would Lala ask that or feel the need to ask it? More importantly, why would he, what would, what did Lala have on them or do or say that they would go, you know what? I'm going to say some crazy ass allegation type of thing that could potentially ruin if, if this person was innocent's life and they would just say that for what? For well, love? No, I mean, they, you, what they was said your thought that at first? they was, put in the thing that they did it. They said she said she was in this horrible custody battle and he was evil. And the only way like we could help is because, you know, we, we just could to lie. Yes. That's so hard to believe, though. What did you think? I mean, what? So like, what is I mean, that's what goes never on happened to me that someone recants like that. Like that was and especially lies about an interview. That never happened. Like that, that one, to me I was feels like, like um, there's clearly financial that will motivation. Hopefully raise skepticism among the readers because yeah, that's not. If you hear that, what do you think? I think that Randall got to them and paid them, like compensated them. It also was very specific specific language of like, um, I was not paid by Randall Emmett to send this. It's like which of his poor assistants yeah, had to sell them <laughs> Venmo? <laughs> yeah, like maybe exactly, and maybe yeah. So I would say like a lot of like those are sort of the machinations of the reporting, but ultimately I think are revealing because they just show, you know, potentially the links that this information was trying to be. Yeah. I know Randall has come out uh, publicly uh, and even named you and, and try to discredit you by suggesting that you're just friends with Lala and, and then you have some ax to grind. What would your response to that be? Because obviously, I'm sure you're making relationships with these people that you're working with. That doesn't have to discredit you or somehow, like, what is your relationship or how would you respond to Randall's accusation? Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, as I said to you, I never watched Vanderpump prior to this. So it's not like I was like watching from the beginning. Like, I have an extra grind with this guy. Yeah. With Lala, I mean, she has said this before. Like, we reached out to her. She did not reach out to us um so the idea that she like came over with some huge file and like dropped it on our desks as part of some big campaign um is not accurate i think she's also been open about the fact that like yes she's in the middle of a custody battle so if information comes out that's negative about him that selfishly would probably help her i think she's said that you know in her podcast god i mean at this point you I'm sure it feels like life or death for her. I mean, she's fighting for the custody of her child against this incredibly dangerous and toxic person. I think, you know, since earlier this year, his ex-wife, Amber Childers, who's like an actress, she was on You mm -hmm. and stuff. She filed a request for a restraining order. And in that request that she had been 
contacted by the FBI and that they were asking questions about Randall's alleged involvement with like child pedophilia. Jeez. And we also spoke to some other people who've been contacted by the FBI about the same thing. That does not mean there's like an investigation. It just means they're asking questions. And so, yeah, I think if you're a mother and you hear that the FBI is asking questions about that stuff, that freaks you out. But to answer your original question, Lala um, is a source who I talk to about reporting. Gotcha. Has Lala, I mean, I know maybe it was like kind of, I'm sure at what point, they were enemies through Randall, but have Amber and Lala connected and communicated now that they're, they kind of have aligned interests, despite the history between them, have they kind of become yeah. an, a, a united front? And I think to... my understanding is that they're like homies, like they're oh, good, good friends. Like she, there are pictures of um, Amber and her kids at like okay. Lala's birthday with, for her kid oh, with Randall. Good. Yeah. Um, solidarity at least. Although their, their custody battles are not, um, intertwined at this point. Does he have custody battles with both women at this point? Amber dismissed her request for a restraining order. Okay. So it can be opened again. Um, but she they split custody. This they split custody. I don't know if it's 50-50. I think it is. Damn. They share custody. Yeah. That's tough. In doing this investigation and also recently a profile on Lala, I know there's always been some controversy over the timelines with when Lala started seeing Randall versus his marriage to Amber and like le- while legally they were still married uh, interpersonally they might have been separated like do you do you gain kind of an answer on the specific timeline I think you know on the show she's even said like and this is one thing where we think back like when you asked earlier do we judge people differently for their age or whatever like this was what was interesting to me in talking to her about her story like she comes to LA she's lived with her parents till she's 23 starts working at sir um, she wants to be an actress. This guy walks in. He suddenly starts sending. He's like, I want to put you in a movie. Then these gifts just start showing up at her door. Like a car. Not, not even before that, like Louboutins, like, you know, alcohol. Like she said she was sick. He sent her like Tamiflu, like with no note or anything. It's just like kind of this old school Hollywood producer yeah. vibe of like, you want things and I will send I'll them. I'll take care of you. Yes. Yeah. Um, and she's 24. So I was like, what did you think of that? She's like, I thought it was great. I was walking around in like a thousand dollar boots, which to my 37 year old mind, I'm like, girl, doesn't that seem sketchy to you? But you know, you have to take someone's life perspective at that point. She's new to town. And then, and I think there's context there when you move directly from mom and dad's house to LA, you know, there is something to be said about like, figuring out life on your own like you kind of need to i've been taking advantage of i've had a you know there's really? been plenty of sure like, like from met, like a hollywood type of person more of a wannabe outside mm-hmm. of hollywood but just in life like just you don't have to be in hollywood to be taken advantage of someone just early in life when you kind of get out in the world and you leave the nest yeah i feel like people can smell that kind of uh, impressionable youthful like ignorant blood so to speak I'm new to the world. And people are like, eh, you know, it's like that kind of Pinocchio kind of, you know, let me show you like how the world works. And you're just kind of this impressionable person. And so I'll, Lala literally came from the nest, you know, she didn't live on her own. And like, like you learn a lot about life that you kind of realize who you should trust and not trust. And yeah. And so she, you know, at maybe same as Raquel, Tom, to some extent, we don't know what Tom was telling Raquel or how much she was going to leave Ariana. But like Lala has always said, you know, he told me he was separated. 
like I think we saw on that episode with Lisa Vanderpump, like they went to couples therapy and the couples therapist basically like signed off on it was like, no, they're having trouble in their marriage. So I don't know. Did she kind of turn a blind eye? Who knows? But I don't think he was like, I am still married. I think if you have a therapist sign off on something that you have to trust your therapist. I mean, that's, you know, it's like anything else. You can, you can go to the wrong doctor. You can go to the wrong mechanic. You can go to the wrong therapist. And I, you go to therapy, especially couples therapy, in hopes of getting you know, guidance about like, I don't know, what the fuck should I do? Like life gets complicated. We now live in a world where, you know, people aren't settling down with their their person at 23. People come with baggage. Things are messy. Life's complicated. And we think to ourselves, well, how I, how can I judge this person? I don't want them to judge me for, for my baggage. And so you you do things like therapy. And then if you have a therapist, give them the old like, hey, listen, let me explain why your partner has, why it's okay to trust them. Yeah. Because they're here, they're working on it, yada, yada. Well, I'd green light that. If I'm Lala and my therapist told me this is a green light and I was in love. Yeah. That would seem like a reasonable authority figure to trust in yeah, this matter. I'd be like, eh, well, you know, life's messy and complicated, but my therapist says it's okay. Which by the way, I think she said to Lisa, that was actually simultaneously his couple's therapist with Amber. Yeah. So it was well, like, how is 24 year old Lala? Supposed, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. He's like, I got a couple. It's hard to find a good therapist. Hey, I got a couple's therapist. You're not thinking, is this therapist like, in, you know what I'm like? And who knows, knowing this Randall guy, I mean, if he's getting people to like recant stories of serious allegations, maybe he fucking he had his, maybe paid his therapist off. You think he's capable of that? I don't know what this man is capable of. Nutrafil, Natalie's favorite nighttime routine. That's right. Nutrafil is helping those ladies out there getting the full luscious hair that they want and expect. So I've been using it for about a month now. There are so many people who have had genuinely positive experience. It is scientifically proven. It has really inspired me. And it is one of the few supplements that I've just like instantly integrated into my habits. Are you tired of dealing with thinning hair? Nutrafil is here to help. That's right. Their hair growth supplements uh, use drug-free ingredients to target root causes of thinning hair and promote healthy hair growth. Millions of Americans are experiencing thinning hair. It's not only common, but normal. As women, it's kind of this thing that we like fear, but don't talk about in the same way. And I think the thing that's so nice about Nutrafol is it is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement. And I honestly, like when it comes to stuff like this, I want the experts going to bat for it. And that's what Nutrafol has. Natalie is obsessed. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve visible thickness and strength. Go to Nutrafol.com to take their hair health wellness quiz, identify causes of your thinning hair, and and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair growth through their whole body health approach. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol hair supplements for six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code VILEFILES. That's V-I-A-L-L-F-I-L-E-S. That's promo code VILEFILES. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend a Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code V-I-A-L-L-F-I-L-E-S. That's right. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code VILEFILES, V-I-A-L-L-F-I-L-E-S. Need a break from reality? Well, cheer up, Buttercup, because Paramount Plus has your great reality escape. Escape into new seasons of the biggest competitions. Survivor, Big Brother, The Challenge, World Championship, 
with the boldest personalities, the family Stallone, RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, Queen of the Universe, and the wildest drama. Are you the one? Question mark? Plus hundreds of previous seasons all streaming at your fingertips. See reality ain't so bad. Embrace reality. Paramount Plus. Stream now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's astonishing, like, even on that profile about Lala, like, the comments still are so savage. They're always like, she's a mistress. She absolutely knew. She got off the, the, the gravy train when it, was, when it didn't suit her. And it's like, people are very, sure. they are not easily swayed on her. That's a great segue into a piece that you wrote. And again, we we love Ariana. We we are so glad that as it relates to her experience, that as painful as this all must have been for her, that uh, America and Bravo Nation and and kind of the world has been singing her praises and and showering her with opportunities. And she's kind of literally America's sweetheart. Uh, By the way, do you think she could take that too far? Because I've seen some people like. Oh. This was like her sixth spawn con with the Lays recently. And I was Anyone like, Anyone can take anything too far. But we, should she just make all the money she can right now? Or is it going to be like a bad look at a certain point? I think yes to both. Okay. I think she should get her bag. And I think, don't fuck the internet. Who gives a shit about the internet or what like the haters eventually going to, you know, people are like the judge during executioner when it comes to fandom of what they think is like okay or what they think people should do or what looks good or what looks catty. Uh, definitely Ariana can reach a point where some people are just going to be like, you know what? I'm tired of rooting for her. I'm just going to root against her. Yeah. You know, like you're milking this a little yeah, bit. Like there's some yeah, arbitrary yeah. thing, but I don't think Ariana should stop. This is a literal life once in a lifetime opportunity, you know, Finan- finance financially wise, yeah. like to be on the show for 10 years and for the first time in 10 years, like break through to like mainstream media and be li- literally America's sweetheart. This is it's, another thing I was going to ask you. You've done Dancing with the Stars, right? Yeah. I'm sorry, but like, I feel like she shouldn't do Dancing with the Stars. I actually kind of feel like it's below her. That's hard to say. What does being on Dancing with the Stars get her? Like, what has it gotten anyone who's won it? I don't think it's about what it's going to get her. I think it's more about getting on TV. To a broader than Bravo audience? Sure. I, this is going to be an argument for why she, she, she should say yes. To my knowledge, I think she'd be the first Vanderpump cast person cast on Dancing with the Stars. And she'd have that feather in her cap. Because when it comes to, Ooh. I'm just, <laughs> okay. I'm just, listen, it matters. You know, bachelor people are highly competitive despite being friends. You know, Van, I guarantee those Vanderpump casts are highly competitive. And to say that you did something that no one's ever asked the rest of your castmates to do and it's 10 years of running is a cool little moment for her. Okay. I don't think it's going to do anything for her, but I think she'll almost certainly make the finals. She could like, not dance at all and as long as she shows that she's <laughs> having a good time pokey pokey. Yeah, yeah she's gonna make the finals i don't see how she can't that's a th- six-figure payday lisa vanderpump did dancing with the stars back in 2013 not oh. the same so now it's her and lisa vanderpump i also yeah. feel like that was one of the first things that was announced when ariana was like kind of first in post scandal where it's like she couldn't have known just how long it would stay relevant and i think this was like Every time the flames looks oh, like they you might think burn maybe down. Maybe she wouldn't do it now. Or yeah, or just like, you know, she's also got a lifetime movie and she's gotten all these big brand deals, but it would make sense to me, especially if this came at the beginning, to be in the mindset of like, I'm t- saying yes to opportunities. Yeah. Like, this is I, a huge opportunity. And I'm like, gonna, and it's certainly an area for like work ethic, I think, to that's the thing. be shown. I, I don't think it's gonna move the needle in one direction. I don't think it's gonna 
kill her momentum. I don't think it's going to elevate her even more. It does get her on TV. It does get her money. And then like anything else, it's just what you do How next. How much money? If she goes to the finals, I think it's around like 300-ish. Okay. So I think it's just a matter of what does she do after? How does she, you know, it's always the, your next decision. You know, it's like you're just kind of, you know, as we say on the show, shavings make a pile. I think it's just one more feather in her cap. She's not being offered like recurring roles on network television. You know what I'm saying? But like, that's what I think that this does not help. That. I think if she wanted, to, I think she should be like, is that her? I don't know. We don't know what her ambition is. I, yeah, if it's to be it, a series actress, I don't know if that's the route. But if it, let's say it's a, being a, an actress on a recurring network television show. Maybe that's been a lifelong dream. That's yeah. what she wants to do. This certainly helps. It gets her in more rooms. It gives her more access. It, you know, all the casting directors who are Vanderpump super fans, if there's an audition that and remotely like fits like an Ariana type of person, they're going to bring her in for an audition for sure. But no one's giving her I don't know. the job if she doesn't at least do well in the audition. And I think I eh, just think like maybe there's a she's jump. She's so known as Ariana. If she wants to be known as an actress, you shouldn't keep like. But being yourself. I feel like we're saying the same thing. Are we? I think she's so well known as Ariana that even this moment for her isn't enough to just like have her just jump over into like series regular on a TV show and just leave reality TV behind her. But how is doing more reality TV going to get her there? Well, I don't know what her, I guess her goals are, but I think it's like anything else. Like, you know, uh, I don't, I didn't think we talked about Matthew McConaughey this episode, but. Matthew McConaughey was like notorious for the rom-com shirtless workout videos. And he's gone on, I think, and he talked about it even in his book or in podcasts that like he had to make a choice. And that choice was, I'm done doing this shit, even if it means I don't work. Mm -hmm. And I want to do different types of movies and do different types of roles. And to do that, you have, you can't, you ha it's hard to do both. You can't play it safe. Well, I'm going to do rom-coms in hopes that I get this like super serious film there has to be this gap where you start wondering where did matthew mcconaughey go i also think like people coming from the vanderpump rules world before this season like they're kind of working from like a scarcity perspective like they've never had the opportunities yeah. they do now right so like being more selective is maybe a learning curve sure also it's like listen i've been fascinated by the vanderpump cast i have no idea what their financial situations are they seem to be all doing fine I guess Lala and Sheena talked about buying property in Palm Springs. I know like Sheena has a place here that she rents. I think she also lives in San Diego. So like obviously that takes some capital. But on the flip side, like they've been on TV almost as long as the Kardashians. Right. And they don't seem, none of them seem to be multimillionaires, let alone billionaires. And like they've been on TV almost just as long on, you know, Bravo, very popular network. And so like, I'm kind of fascinated by like, Whatever choices they did make throughout their career, why hasn't it manifested into generational wealth like it seems to have for the Kardashians? Because it almost seems like they got this similar platforms, but it yeah, played but out differently. No. Why didn't we watch Vanderpump till this year? We didn't, but like... Yeah, I, but no, but that the audience wasn't that big. But not, it's, it's not big, like Kardashians big. I don't know. What? I guess I don't know the numbers. Yeah, but, me either, actually. <laughs> yeah, but I, it's still... Cable television, I think it was big enough. I think a, I think a lot of, maybe we didn't watch it, but I think a lot of people were. But the, I mean, we don't have to get into the whole appeal of the Kardashians, but it's very different than Vanderpump. I know. But yeah. They've been on television for 10 years. You're judging. They should have been working harder. I, I don't, I've just, it's, it's, I'm just kind of fascinated by 
that world. And I, maybe I don't understand it. Again, like they're not very nice to their cast in the post-editing department. You know, they they are filled with drama. Like if you're out there, you the might Kardashians be- Kardashians are producers on their show. So, sure. Yeah. And so like if you're a Jax Taylor, right? And you're like, you're a star, but you're also the guy who got a stripper pregnant in Vegas. It's not exactly a lot of people hiring you for like to, to represent their brand. Yeah. So there is that element too, that they are- know, Tom and Tom did have that- Hydroxy cut endorsement prior to all this. Yeah, I also think like within the restaurant business, like I feel, you know, I'm not sure what the margins are in skincare or some other places that people might venture into, but I know for a fact it's very hard to turn a profit on restaurants. And so, you know, even though Tom and Tom did have Tom Tom and then Schwartz and Sandy's, like these independent business ventures as a result of the show, we saw what happened with Schwartz and Sandy's. Like it wasn't exactly a cash cow of an opportunity. Have you been Schwartz and Sandy's? No, I haven't. You like it? Black cherry ketchup. Yeah, yeah. It was funny how everyone was like shading that it was in a strip mall. I'm like, everything in LA is like, yeah, yeah. Strip I don't mall. think that I, I, that's that's just kicking them while you're down. Literally, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't. I think it's totally fine. Okay. The, the, their problem is not their location. Did you see um, Tom Schwartz there? Uh, when we when we showed up, yeah, he was. You didn't talk to him. Well, I I was going to <laughs> come I, on my podcast. Um, um, he 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 was on his way out, and he was I he get was the dogs. he was hanging out with fans, and I didn't want to interrupt his. His moment with some fans, and I thought he would come back inside, and he took off. So I didn't, I didn't get a chance to talk with him then. I talked with him the night before at, at Vanderpump's uh, fundraiser. He sent us a round of shots as his apology for not being there. Yeah, <laughs> for not being at Schwartz and Sandy Schwartz and Sandy. for having to leave. Yeah, yeah. it's a very charming, motherfucker. Wait, cool. sorry, I com- we completely derailed from when you were talking about Ariana. We do. Yeah. Yes, that's all right. We, we 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 like to bounce around. But yes, what do you? What are your thoughts on the fact that Ariana? has had all this praise and yet the treatment of Lala being also victimized by a lying, deceitful, and in Randall's case, criminal, arguably. Allegedly. Allegedly. Criminal. Alleged criminal. Allegedly predatory, allegedly abusive. Yeah, a lot some yeah. You know, as bad as fucking your girl's best friend is, Randall is accused of far more heinous and serious things. And a man who, unlike Tom, you know, Tom is might be a liar, but he also seems to be sloppy and maybe not super bright. And I don't know if you need to be afraid of Tom Sandoval all that much. Yeah, I could be missing something, but he doesn't seem to invoke a lot of fear or power. You know, he doesn't seem to have a lot of sway. Randall, on the other hand, you know, he might not be making like, you know, the biggest movies, but he elevated himself as a fairly influential and powerful guy with access and means to like go after people. And certainly proved himself to not be someone who ran from litigation. Those are scary people. When you, it might be like a red flag on your end, but if you, if you're up against someone who you know doesn't run away from litigation, but almost like leans into it, that can be a scary, intimidating thing. Mm-hmm. And yet, why do we feel like the treatment of Lala has been so different than the treatment of Ariana? Why is why is Lala have to constantly defend herself? And again, we love Ariana. We're not trying to bring up, you know, what is the, like Ariana literally was a part, like her relationship with Tom started with infidelity. So even that parallel of like, well, well, you know, people could say like, well, you know, Lala, she should have known he was married and yada, yada. It's just like, what the, you know, like it was all messy. So why are we semantically kind of splitting hairs to decide how we're revering one of these women and yet constantly criticizing and checking and doubting uh, Lala. Well, that was part of why we wanted to write 
the recent profile of Lala because I just do think it's interesting the way that like society metabolizes this stuff. Like, and there was an, uh, a researcher from Colombia who made an interesting point point in the article where she was like, people have to be the perfect victim for us to embrace them. And the trope of the perfect victim is sort of like someone who's demure and like, you know, is is empathetic in all the right ways and like gentle, maybe like mm-hmm. and. Yeah. Um, and Ariana kind of most of the time comes until this, that way. until she got wronged. She was like understanding and there yeah. for her man and like gentle. And because then people well, yeah. get to feel like a savior. They're like, she's so quiet. And I'm a vocal advocate against what she's been through. Like, she needs I'm protecting. a savior versus yeah. Lala's yes. like, I'm like, now that this has happened, I'm doing everything I can to save myself. Right. Like, I, that, that's a good point. Yeah. Like, I will come for you. Like, and it's harder to I don't know what it is about people rooting for people, but like. I don't know. Just the uh, when someone is that outwardly, like I guess, assertive and aggressive, um, fairly or not, people don't rally behind them. I don't think. Yeah, and interesting. What What's your theory on it? I think that makes a lot of sense. I think there's an element too of again, like timing, like the Ariana and Tom, literally nine years ago. Right. So it's, well, uh, the reason we're invested in them, I think, makes total. Yeah, we sense. got we can you know the 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 super fans who've watched it all the way through, or people like you and I maybe have gone back and educated ourselves. It's like we can be reminded that like, oh yeah, they dated, but it's so far removed, and I think. This story in itself, the reason why it's gone so mainstream is because I think, you know, specifically women, because I think more women watch this show than men. You know, anytime something like this happens, like people finally see, feel seen. So I think there are so many victims of infidelity, especially, you know, women and like or married women or whatever, who felt like justice wasn't served for them. It's, that their yes. man got away with it. Like people didn't really, you know, call back to season one. You know, Stasi gets cheated on by her then boyfriend who gets someone's pregnant and she has to convince her friends to believe her. Like, I think shit like that happens all the time. And you have this story where finally a Tom Sandoval, the fu- like a fuckboy superstar who's been a fuckboy his life, is, is, is getting his, you know, up and comings or whatever his fucking is. Comeuppance? His comeuppance. He's getting his <laughs> up and coming. He's getting his comeuppance. <laughs> he's getting, you know, he's being... You know, and I think people are jumping on that bandwagon because it's like if my guy couldn't get no, punished, that's a really... Tom is representing all the fuckboys and all the pieces of shit husbands and boyfriends, whoever. And I think they're just, it's just, I want this guy to fucking pay because I feel like they finally, they're getting redemption through, through Ariana. That is my, Meg said this. She was like, who, what girl hasn't been on some level Ariana? Yeah. She's the relatable Girl who's been cheated on, maybe not by your best friend, but yeah. that's much more common than the girl who people think came to town, was a gold digger mistress with a Hollywood producer and then gets, you know, bamboozled by him. Like, that's a very unique situation. Yeah. And then I think, you know, any any parallels between Ariana and Tom and Kristen, people are just like, wow, that's this. It's like it's fucking up their narrative, you know, so the fan who wants to attach themselves and see themselves through ariana you know like chris rock said it's this kind of selective outrage they're just kind of eh sure but like whatever this is just fucking up my ability to connect with ariana and feel like and see my situation through ariana's and i I don't think we need to like criticize ariana it's just more it's just convenient to do that with alala yeah it's like the you got what was coming to you type of energy and shit like that i also think there's a level of it's terrifying I, uh, and obviously not to diminish in any way what Ariana went through in the slightest because that was horrible. 
But I think you look at the situation Lala's in and the way that she was sleeping next to a man who's alleged of all kinds of assault, who's alleged of all kinds of like really intense, predatory, atrocious behavior. And I think on some level, people want to believe like, no, there were red flags she missed because it's too scary to think that that could happen to me Mm. or like my daughter or my friends or people close to me that like you could be that bamboozled by someone that dangerous with that much access to power. So it's better to like poke holes and find flaws in Lala's character because then it means, okay, this scary, terrifying thing isn't I'm not like that couldn't happen to me. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth too, which is so crazy when you think about it. After you told your story, what allegedly Randall Emmett is clearly capable of, like the lengths to which he's willing to go to protect himself and the fear that could instill in any of his victims, including Lala. I mean, I truly can't imagine what it's like for Lala to realize who she married. Ariana, despite owning a home with Tom, she can have nothing to do with them. She yeah. is free and fucking no, clear. She's atta- Lala's attached to him for life. Yeah, and Lala is stuck with this motherfucker. And legally, she may never. She may always be stuck with this motherfucker. And even just like the fucked up part, just to like to have to decide for the love of your own child to as bad as he might be to not take away having a like the the complicated like you know mental gymnastic Lala has to do on a daily basis. And yet Ariana, she's just fucking free and clear of Tom. Like once she figures out her living situation, she never, I mean, she might have to work with him, but like she really is free and clear of ever having to like give a shit about Tom Sandoval. And Lala will never have that luxury. I do think like to your point of, you know, are people, (sighs) it's surprising to me and maybe like, I think after Me Too, people thought like, oh, everyone is more comfortable coming forward now and like you know, like, let's call everyone out. And it's like, that's really not ubiquitous at all, especially after what we saw happen to Amber Heard and a lot of like legal verdicts that have come down where, um, I mean, like she did not name him by name and was found liable, right? Amber Heard. So that's like, a that I think has caused somewhat of a chilling effect. And like, if, if she can have to pay millions of dollars, why is some unknown person going to come forward even and not name someone, but like be vague about it. That's a, that's a risk. And so, you know, it's one thing like I, we've gotten threatening legal letters from Randall, from lots of people. And like, I have a lawyer at the LA times who looks at it and is like, either be concerned about this or don't. And even when you read that, it's rattling. It's like upsetting. Seeing someone like attack your character and be like, seems like they know what you're asking or like, you know, trying to intimidate you. So I can only imagine what it is like to be a woman who has maybe even signed like some sort of NDA with one of these guys to then get a threatening legal letter. And it's easy for us to be like, okay, it's just because frankly, like, I'm not sure Randall, he loves to send threatening legal letters. I'm not sure he's actually really followed through on any of those legal threats. Um, You never want to be the first. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so I understand it's it's a difficult position to be in a report as a reporter because you're like, I totally get why you are worried. And it, I don't want you to come forward unless you are prepared for that, because that's a lot of emotional upheaval that you are potentially inviting. And into that's your something life. you have to do as a reporter. You're like you're 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 simultaneously trying to encourage them to come forward. But you you kind of it's your responsibility to be as candid and as upfront as possible of what they should expect or what level of protection, if any, the L.A. Times can offer. Like you have to truly be upfront with them and still hope that they're willing to 
speak out. I know. That's like one thing over the years that I've increasingly I literally do say to people like, you have to want to do this. I'm not going to push you into it because I'll take them through the whole process of like, you're not we're not just having like a many hour conversation one time and you tell me all these horrible things that have happened to you. We're going to have to talk about it again. I'm going to the lawyer's going to ask me questions and I'm going to have to come back to you and go over specific details. And you might feel like I'm doubting your veracity, but it's not. I just need to go over, you know, like I need documentation. I need lots of proof. And then when we send, we're going to have to tell your accuser everything you've said about them before publication. And they might try to smear your character in return. They might pull up any text you've sent them, any pictures, communications afterwards. Like it's a long process that you're opening yourself up to. And so if you're not wanting to go through that, like I understand. But at the same time, it's hard because, unfortunately, speaking out, I think, is one of the only things that can stop this yeah. behavior. Because if you're scared and you don't say anything, it does keep happening. Whew, that's crazy. Pivoting back to Scandal. <laughs> yes. We have the um, finale this week, which, by the way, uh, we will be discussing and covering in full as an investigative reporter for mm-hmm. the LA Times. Have you? heard any rumors regarding the big reveal the big secret what do you (laughs) what do you know hi uh, amy kaufman investigative reporter what is the secret (laughs) i don't know (laughs) the third part of the reunion Uh, you you hear things you know right once you become a person people trust and go to i'm sure you people will you get fed okay i've heard that it is about the timeline okay but if that's true gotta be james right yes i think so so the rumor being that you know alex baskin his whole proposition, as we heard from Kate, is that they're, they're waiting on filming because allegedly, whatever this reveal is, it will affect relationships within the cast. It will change everything, change everything. is what he told Kate. Probably a bit overhyped. So what about, if this, if this reveal is about the timeline of the affair, and you're saying it, it, which one of the rumors is that Raquel and Tom Sandoval were hooking up even when she was engaged to James. Yeah. And that, that, or at least the first time happened. And maybe it wasn't an ongoing thing, but the first time happened while she was still engaged to James. Why would that change everything? I think that's a fair question. Maybe we're jaded. We're cynical because I honestly, if like, I don't know, if I found out an ex cheated on me after I broke up, I wouldn't give a fuck. James already doesn't like them. Like what? But would it impact Lisa Vanderpump more? Because I feel like she hasn't, you know, she. She's gotten Lisa Vanderpump has gotten a little bit of criticism from some people for not being hard enough on Tom Sandoval. And you have with James, she has this pre-existing relationship with James's father. She very much is protective of James. Yeah, she has a in special a way that she's not of Ariana. And not to say she hasn't been very much like there for Ariana or like You're made saying it clear. she'd be more mad. So would but would Lisa Vanderpump take it as more of like a personal affront, or would like would it impact her that. in any capacity? Well, I think it could impact her. I don't know if she take it a personal affront, but if I'm James, would I care? No. Would I still conveniently care when I want it, when it, when it served me well? And I guess what I'm saying is James could in theory, like not actually give a shit and be like, I, I didn't really care for, yeah. So now I still hate Raquel and Tom, but now he could just be like, I don't want to, he could use it as a bargaining chip to like not want to film or not associate. But he and, said the whole cast will want to know this. Maybe it's not about the timeline. Brad, who came on last week. He's his opinion is that, which was kind of like breaking news, is that, and I assume he included Ariana this because they are 
you know, seem to be fairly tight that it doesn't seem like Ariana uh, is all is, is sitting there waiting, wondering what it is and like waiting for another bomb to drop. Because that's true. And if, and if all the people if once you, if you've been cheated on as someone who's been cheated on before, like you're just you get very angsty with like more information coming out. It's like, what more am I going to find out? You know, it's like, oh, what else? When someone's like, I got to tell you I something. I don't know, she's from the jump and like, who, wasn't Kristen Doty like, I don't even want to know. She was like, I don't even want to know the more, the other details. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. But I think you could say that and, but people still offer it too. You know, Ariana's going to find out either way. Whether she, she wants to know, she's going to find like, out. I don't give a fuck anymore vibes. Yeah. Uh, I, I also heard that the, um, I think that usually they get that, the cast screeners go like, a few days before and this they're like they're not sending not it to, till the very last minute. i heard that they're sending it to the cast tuesday night exactly which usually they get like a week in advance right wow. yeah so they're they making that window real short they're making it yeah, real 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 short i'm surprised they're even showing it to them yeah like why just, you know these people are gonna talk between tuesday night and yeah the social media night? is instantaneous yeah because Could that's really thing, that's, a, that's really interesting because if they they send it out to cast tuesday night for example like what <laughs> nick like, and i will be hello did you watch did you watch <laughs> No, but like, right, but like Lala, I think last week, or leading up to the reunion, Lala's like, just got this screener, you're going to hate these motherfuckers even more. She didn't really say anything, but she's letting you all know, I've watched it, here's what to expect, here's how you're going to feel, yada yada, right? The show has been like, this is going to change everything, it's going to affect these relationships. Right, right. so what if they see it and they think it's nothing? "Eh." Yeah, they're giving them basically a 12-hour window to be like, I saw it, and honestly, like... Pour water on it, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, but then maybe, do we believe that that has, okay, maybe it is good then. Or they wouldn't have given it to them 24 hours in advance. They don't contractually have to show that it I to them, right? They, so then, I have no idea, but I, I would, ass- I would so. assume they absolutely do not have to show them. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine they would ever uh, contractually ob- uh, obligate themselves to always, because that's like implying some sort of editorial control almost. If they like are required to give them advanced screeners for something, I don't know. I mean, it's already locked in, but could to be me, anything it's... else with the timeline. Anything else with the timeline? Yeah, what else? Thinking I don't of. know. This is too big of a moment for Alex Baskin, the executive producer. It's already been huge. It's done like wonders for the show. It has been giving for us like this scandal. <laughs> You're like, thank you. I mean, like it's 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 been massive, fucking massive. Like if Alex Baskin is out there dropping like this this fucking easter egg of like you think this is it there is more it's gonna fucking change everything and it ends up being nothing like we will still watch the next season No, i know (laughs) but why kind of take away even some of your credibility at Mm. that point to like tease some drama like you've just it's already good man it's already gucci it's like the hype is there the hype is there why risk leaving us disappointed right he's Mm. made this whole reunion about the last five minutes and instead of loving it and be like oh well god boy that was just having a cigarette at the end of episode three be like well that that just wraps up the greatest season of reality tv ever we're all gonna be fucking pissed we're literally gonna watch it live and then record our reactions afterwards we're gonna be working fucking late don't you think it's like the bachelor they do that every end, every season, hyping it up, and then it never lives up to expectations, and we just come right on fucking back. Well, I yeah, but this it. is different. I feel like this Bachelor's never had a moment like this, and it, I will say when the Bachelor Bachelor no, what, has had moments like this, and they delivered. Yeah, Ari, Which, Colton Jason, jump in the fr- yeah, yeah, those were fucking moments. Like, yeah, they they truly were. So uh, it's got to be something. It can't just be. 
Oh, we found like we fucked a few more. T- like, ah, did what Swartz did? Did Swartz have sex with? By the way, I need to talk to you about your pronunciation of some of these people's names. <laughs> I know, Swartz. I'm- Schwartz, what is it? Schwartz, Schwartz. Amy, we've tried <laughs> sometimes. Whatever. What you is also it? say bachelor. Yeah, I mumble. No, that's not mumbling. Bachelor. The bachelor. The bachelor. Okay. <laughs> kind of Australian, you know, just dropping a it few syllables. Kind of, that is bachelor. Australian. Bachelor. <laughs> bachelor. I, I have a lot to. I have a lot of words to get out. I just don't have time to enunciate sometimes. <laughs> okay, so so Schwartz. Schwartz. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but people are going to feel very seen by you yeah. calling okay. him out. Like, <laughs> fuck yeah, Amy. <laughs> yeah, finally. <laughs> Immediately, an entire whole thing. I think fandom. there's all the Sandoval. 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 Oh, I don't. Okay. Yeah, every time I hashtag Sandoval, I'm like, how do you fucking spell his uh, name? There you go. Um, Schwartz. Uh, yeah, <laughs> some people think Schwartz has had sex. That's not right either. <laughs> I don't give a shit. You're from the Midwest. It's like a very common name. To what? Schwartz. Schwartz. Like you didn't Schwartz. grow up with Schwartzes? I don't. I, did, I wasn't like. There's a ch, not a Swartz. Yeah, like I quartz. truly did not give a shit how people spelled his name up until this very moment. Like Love. maybe I should care. I am sorry. Okay, go back. Uh, about I do Schwartz. notice it when you talk about it. Um, so many people are just so thrilled with Amy Kaufman right now. Love you guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love uh, calling out Nick. That's going back, you know, what a decade or so. I've just decade. Yeah. Calling out Nick's my favorite. Did Raquel sleep with Schwartz? That that could be it. What about, did you guys see, when you watch the little thing at yeah. the very end when they're like, Raquel, are you ready to tell the truth? Like, yeah. did that give anything? Did we get anything from that? Yeah, I felt a little. No, no, but like, what is it? Are you ready to tell the truth? That's what I'm saying. I said, well, so the implication, the secret comes from Rachel. Definitely. Right? Yes. Also, would she ever change her name back to Rachel? No. That's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. She, she has to lean in. Yeah, she can't go back. She can't. She's admit trying defeat. to friggin' uh, clear her name and be authentic, and she's gonna lean into her fake name. <sighs> you know, maybe the move is to go back and you know, maybe it's like I pull... she re- I'm reintroducing myself. Yeah. I'm reintroducing myself to Rachel. It's like the the old me. I don't think she's gonna come back on. I mean, Sheena has said that her you know parents won't let her. That Rachel's parents won't let her. She's. They're gonna start filming in a couple of weeks. She. It doesn't seem like. Everyone I've talked to really has no idea where the fuck she is. Well, she's in Arizona. Right? Sure, but like, but then no they one said re- she left. And then, did you watch the TikTok yet? Show, show Nick. I want to see what he thinks. It's like this girl walking through an airport, and in the comments, the person who posted it is like, "I saw her face to face, and it was her." Okay, but I don't. This is some fan. And but it was in Jacksonville Airport. People are like, she wouldn't be wearing dusty New Balances. And then people were like, New Balances are she. That could now. easily not be her. Yeah, I know. It does look like her. Don't get me wrong. And that person does seem to be walking like they could be pregnant. That person's pregnant, I think. But that person looks pregnant. They're like waddling, but that's also easily not. Her. I know it's very confusing. Her. Also, why in Jacksonville? That's that's a bigger question. It's not her. I saw Rachel slash Raquel at Jacksonville Airport Saturday, May 27th at 2.09 p.m. Looking very with child. You can't see her face, but I know it was her. We made eye contact before I took the picture and she had the scar on her left eyebrow like on the last episode. No way. She turned around when I yelled Raquel. So that's what this caption is. Get this homegirl on the podcast. When someone yells Raquel. Someone's like, Raquel at the airport. I might turn around, you know, like. <laughs> you would respond to Raquel. Valid. I don't know. That 
One, it, is, it, it is absolutely raised. looks like it could be her, but I'm telling you, it did put a like little thing in my mind. I was like, mm, I, don't I know. just don't feel like she dresses like that because when we've seen her at the airport before, she is wearing like black leggings, a hoodie. She has like a hat and a mask on. And the person with her, I guess, could easily prove that person's it's husband. It's so easy if she was trying to like that put on a mask if you don't want people to recognize you. And who's this random guy she allegedly is with if it's not? And who has her bags. Because, like, if it's not Raquel, this is, like, this person's probably partner. You guys got to link to this in the in the podcast. Like, She also doesn't have her signature purse that I feel like she always has, that black one. It, but it really bag. does kind of look like her. It absolutely looks like her. I mean, even before the episode, the, the, the video started, I'm like, yeah, that definitely looks like Raquel. She, this chick responded to some of the comments, and she's like, I have gone this deep. And she's like, I swear to God, I was face to face with her or whatever. But again, like the the girl who thought she who claimed to have had sex with Clayton after a night out at the club, honestly thought she had sex with Clayton. She met some like tall, big motherfucker in the club who kind of looked like Clayton. Did he and say his name is Clayton? I don't know the whole story, but I, I yeah, I mean that's something guys do, by the way. Like if if they if they're told they look like a celebrity or an athlete, my fucking friends in college who played baseball for you know for the college team would go around who'd be like yeah we play for the brewers you know how many how many girls at the bars or clubs be like well which brewer you know like which one and so guys will lie often about like being a some sort of athlete or public figure mm-hmm. so i believe that this girl believes she saw raquel okay but that doesn't mean it's raquel yep all right mystery uh, for the for one more day i guess also that person looks really fucking pregnant and they just filmed i know that does they, that does they if they're pregnant they're walking very pregnant they filmed Something the reunion March. not that long ago she i don't again not in any way know what the fuck i'm talking about when it comes to pregnancy but like i don't know if she things really happen that fast in two months yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> from like zero to <laughs> that looked like a third trimester quick. walk there if i'm uh fucking you know, <laughs> no i uh okay, also jacksonville sex. <laughs> yeah exactly uh I my guess it's not her. It's some person who just happens to look like her. Uh, I happens want that to be woman pregnant. To come forward. <laughs> and that per- the guy next to that woman is that person's partner. And they like why why is Raquel in Jacksonville? That's the most random fucking place. It's Tom playing there. Oh my god! Someone would have figured that out already. Pull up his tour schedule. Okay, wait. Another thing I just want to quickly say. I know that everyone thinks that Raquel is still so ride or die for, like under Tom's spell. When I watched the finale, I felt like Tom was way more into her than vice versa and that he was leaning in so hard to it because he mm. knew that he blew his life up. And he was like, all right, well, I, 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 I'm going through something midlife crisis. And so this girl must be so magical that I ruined everything. Did no one else get that? Energy? No, I thought the cracks were when she was like. Because Raquel said it when they're in the apartment where she's like, but maybe if you did this to Ariana, (laughs) you would do this to me. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't trust anyone other than like my parents and sister and you and even you. I can't maybe trust. Like, I kind of read it as like Tom was having this moment being like, oh, fuck, like a crack, like to put it in all too well terms. Like this is maybe her starting to separate from him. Yeah, I hard to say. My guess is they both at moments thought they absolutely needed the other person and leaned on them i think they're both in reality in it for themselves Mm. and they just don't know what 
to do and like the at times they probably only have each other to talk to is there a perverse part of you that wants them to be together uh yes well as a vanderpump fan i think it's great for the show yeah i actually again have on good authority that the cast actually arguably kind of says you know what fuck it be together if you're gonna it's like on the bachelor when they pick the runner they leave their first person go to the runner up it's like you no, went through all that. It's almost also mm. like it, I. I think they also want Raquel to come back in a weird way. They may not want to associate with her. It's like when the when the criminal gets killed instead of arrested. You know, you want them to go and get arrested and go and and face like the crime and and, and be tried and you know face justice. Like almost like death seems too much of a easy way out. You know, now we're not obviously this is a metaphor. We don't wish anyone to die or anything like that, but. If if this is just the end of Rachel slash Raquel on Vanderpump, it will feel like we will, I think we all as fans and even the cast will be like, well, there's more to like uncover. There's more like to digest. They, I think some of the cast almost wants Tom and Raquel to come on so they can like publicly shame them for mm-hmm. an entire season. You know, like season 11 will all be about like just every opportunity they get to just fucking like make life hell for Tom and Raquel. I would actually have so much more respect for her if she was able to not come back to the show even though that's yeah selfishly no, not what we want the, the absolute is, yeah. healthiest thing for raquel to do without question is to step away from the show do it like go treat her mental health whatever it is and take you know as she said in this you know statement that we all assumed was crafted by some sort of pr team to actually like try to take some accountability and despite her awkward reactions that seem out of touch that she is truly trying to turn her life around and and quitting the show absolutely would i think would go a long way for her um like don't you like one who was the um bachelor who was like like brad womack like ones who like kind of like moved to like i think he lives in texas like has his own bars like people like that who just sort of no shade like yeah. you've become a very different thing, but like the ones who really like I think stuck a, to what they did before, and like I think that there's a something to say for that too. Yeah, I think Brad Walmack. Uh, I don't know if anyone knows who we're talking about, but that was a different time. And if Brad Walmack was a two-time bachelor uh, around the time when I was on the show, I I think uh, he might have made different choices. I think social media didn't allow. There wasn't the platform that allowed certain people to say, hey, how do I keep this going? Is there an opportunity for me to make something on my own? Yeah. Because as big as the show was back then, once the show moved on to the next, there was really no way you had to like keep getting asked to go back on actual network television or some other TV shows. And if those opportunities ran out, people just kind of forgot about you. Now with social media, if you can come up with a shtick or you know whether it's podcasting, you can have your thing. You have, you have a chance for longevity yeah. and, and that just didn't exist before like that would mean she is if she comes back that means that she is really just interested in fame and money like yes i guess publicly like you could argue apologizing or, or redeeming herself in some way shows some sort of moral moral well like or you Fortitude, could but not. claim accountability that's what she said going into the reunion she's like you know i'm here to be held accountable for my actions so you could you know, but I don't think it's hand right in hand at all. with like opportunities that would subsequently come from you redeeming yourself. Yeah, but so. I guess and she would convince herself and I would understand why that she would want the chance of redemption on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I'm not 
a narcissist. I'm not a sociopath. I'm not a bad person. I did a bad thing. And I want to prove to America that I am, a, you know, I'm, a, I'm not this person. Do you think that that is because you are always very opinionated on The Bachelor about editing and when people come off and blame things on the edit, you don't like that. So like with Vanderpump, obviously, we don't know how different the editing is there. But do you think that it's even within their control to be able to like come in and try to control their narrative moving forward, Tom and Raquel? I'm surprised, again, having only watched it once, the fact that it is season 10, just how much their post team like mocks them and like has no problem making them look bad. I almost thought after 10 seasons they would have Get some ingratiated. Yeah. Yeah. Some more control on those things or like power influence. I, yeah. I, I, I so they're going to throw them to whiffs. Is what you're I feeling. think, yeah. I think, um, it's a deal with the devil. And, uh, I, yeah, I, I think the Vanderpump people do a much better job than say bachelor people, because I think they probably have a more mentality like I have, where it's just like, we know what we're getting into. Literally. We accept the choices we make. It's a give and a take. There are downsides to doing what we do, but there are also a lot of upsides and we just weigh the pros and cons. Yeah. But they're not going to sit there every time something doesn't go their way and try to like find a podcast and just be like, I was, I was, I was fucked and this is not who I am and blah, 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 blah. And then when things go well from them, like, yeah, that was me. That was all my idea. I got no help. No one gave me this idea. I'm the hero of that story and yada, yada. I think they just kind of roll with the punches. And they move on to the next. It's also a, diff a different audience where it's just like with Bachelor people, I think there's an unfairness type of expectation of because the stakes are, I guess, sense lower that you, you can be vilified for like, you know, smacking your gum or, you know, something as trivial as that. I mean, if you if, imagine someone getting someone Having pregnant, sex with someone two weeks early, yeah. whatever you did. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, you know, dating someone three weeks before they went on the show, having not met the person they were supposed to fall in love with while competing with 29 other people. But God forbid they had a relationship with anyone else and then decided to end that relationship to go on TV. That is enough to vilify someone on Bachelor. Yeah. Uh, and, and in Vanderpump, you can get a stripper pregnant, lie about it and like, you know. And everyone wants you back on the show and in everyone 2023. moves on and, yep. you know, like, you know, you got Jax Taylor out there like. I mean, it's shocking. Yeah, why haven't you had Jax on here? Well, he has me blocked. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Because I, uh, I uh, turned him down for a picture once when I was The Bachelor. Oh, rude. Yeah, I think he has, I think he fancies himself as quite as an important guy. I'm thinking, you're the fuck, you were Tom Sandoval six years ago. Why the fuck as a bachelor would I want to take a picture with that guy? The guy who got a- You didn't know that at the time, and even then you didn't want I, to take a picture with him? I knew- he had a, a bad reputation because I, I so it was I was currently the bachelor and Nick Vile has always been aware of his reputation. Uh, you are you're very mindful of it. Well, I mean, I don't always have the best, but I I, I try to be I try to do what I can. And I, I was I was literally I was my season was airing. I was an engaged man that no one knew I was engaged. I don't need to be taking a picture, seeming like I'm like you know about town with uh, Jax Taylor who was out there doing all this shit. So I was like, nah, no, I'm good. He got real mad. Okay. Final thoughts, I guess. My question is, if Tom or Raquel would come on this podcast, would you do it? Because do you think that Absolutely. there's a problem with platforming them? No. Uh, <laughs> He's like, no, I want those clicks. Well, listen, I, it all depends on, I, I don't think they're going to say yes, because I would never prom the, promise them the atmosphere that they were, like that Holly promised Tom. 
I would try to be fair. I wouldn't try to come in like, hey, you're a piece of shit and I'm just going to yell at you for an hour. But I would try to have a real conversation with them and I would try to, you know, as someone who's been in, in Ariana's shoes before, you know, I would try to, I would try to see if I could get him to actually truly sound like he's accountable. And I'd, I'd try to see if he could have a conversation around, does he truly understand the impact that his choices have had on so many people? And I would try to challenge both of them. The flip side of that argument is I think we have a, we've gotten into a world where this like, oh, we don't want to platform so-and-so. Well, I think that's a, that's not okay. I think we need to hear both sides. And then we, I, as but a, we have heard is that. Sure. But I'm just saying like, I, I just think in general, big picture wise, I think uh, the idea that we, sh we can't platform certain people is a way to kind of bully people into only hearing one, one side of the story. So I think it's how you would do the interview, mm -hmm. you know? I think it would be a, a, a bad look for, for this show if we had, say, Tom Sandoval on and, and, and the interview uh, went the same as, say, Howie Mandel's. Then, then I think that criticism would be fair. Although I do think you are, like, you... One thing I have seen with you is, like, you always kind of come around a little bit on someone i don't think you would leave being like fuck this guy my goal anytime i have anyone especially in reality tv is to humanize them because regardless if you're tam tom sandoval or raquel or anyone else from bachelor nation is like you are seeing characters on a tv show and you're seeing siloed personalities and it comes with an edit and it comes with a soundtrack we do live in a world where we're now just like painting people's black and white you know if if someone hurts us they're a narcissist or a sociopath. There can't be a justification as to why, because we, we don't want to excuse people for hurting us. But when we make mistakes, you know, it's like, well, I had this and I had that. And, yeah. You know, like, I, I don't think people are black and white. I don't think Tom Sandoval is a good guy. And I think, I don't believe he's actually really sorry. But I would like to, like, have an opportunity on a show to go through that line of questioning where I would actually put him in a corner where you'd have to, like, I wouldn't give. I wouldn't ask him. What, I, I'm, I wouldn't ask him what was wrong with his relationship with Ariana. I would ask him why do you keep bringing up your relationship with Ariana to justify your choices? Why did you cheat? And as soon as he brought up the relationship, I would just be like, No, I don't care about. Like, no. Why did you cheat? Despite the relationship being what it is, whatever it is, why didn't you break up with Ariana? Why didn't you go to couples therapy? Why did you claim that you were going to break up with her on Valentine's Day when clearly you were hanging out with her on Valentine's Day? And, and she seemed to be like, you know, yep. thrilled about it. So and Tom the, Sandoval, this is your pitch. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to get Schwartz on. I think Schwartz has. Schwartz is attainable for you. I feel. He also has a shot at redemption. He has to, like Raquel, I think he has to disassociate himself. He needs to publicly. Denounce. Yeah. And explain why he understands. Like, listen, loyal, like what I like about. I guess I, even Sandoval to a certain, like loyalty, and people heard me say this on the show, like everyone claims to be loyal. Everyone. There's certain characteristics that everyone says they are. Are you loyal? Of course. Like, no one says, yeah, I'm not a loyal person. That's true. But like most people aren't loyal. You know, at the end of the day, they aren't loyal to other people. They don't know how to step up and be in friend. And like, well, they might have bad pickers and they might have misguided loyalty, but Tom Schwartz is, Schwartz is a loyal motherfucker. And I think as an adult, he has not learn the lesson that sometimes being a friend is offering tough love and stepping away from a friendship and not condoning bad behavior. Loyalty as an adult isn't protecting your friends while they hurt others. That's, right. that's not loyalty. It's not blind. You shouldn't yeah. give blind loyalty. And I think 
a conversation around loyalty and, and growing up, uh, I think is an opportunity for Schwartz to, to show people that he might be able to use this horrible situation and learn and how can he be a better friend and a better partner because everyone I talk to has nothing but like nice, anyone I talk to has met Schwartz in person, like maybe minus Katie, has nice things to say about him. He, he's fucking charming. He's a nice guy. You know, he, he's thoughtful, but he just, he backs the wrong fucking people. That's an understatement. Yeah, yeah. he does. Amy, we could go on and on. We could. We love An absolute bullshit. pleasure. Good to see Always you, Always good friend. to see you. Yes. Please let my audience know where they can follow you, read your content, all the great things you're doing. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Amy K in LA, and I link to all my stories there. The story about um, Randall came out last year, a big investigation, if you want to read that. And we will be, we're looking into some tips that we've that have come in since the documentary, so there could be more to come on that If front. there are people out there who have a tip to give you. Yes, they can reach me at my email address, amy.kaufman at latimes.com. All right. Amy, come back anytime. Thanks, Nick. Uh, we uh, love Amy for coming on. Don't, as always, forget to send in those questions at asknick at com. Stick with us on Thursday. It's going to be a wild and wacky episode for Going Deeper. We are going to be covering this big reveal, whatever it might be. We may have a special guest. Our pop culture correspondent, Natalie Joy, will be with us. Regardless, so uh, whatever happens, we will be covering it first thing in the morning on Thursday. So stick with us. It's going to be wild, wacky, and fun. Don't forget. A great update oh. dropped on Vile Files Plus. For all you update lovers out there, we have an amazing update special that dropped on Vile Files Plus last Friday. Again, we drop two update specials every month behind Vile Files Plus in addition to all your pop culture uh, roundup specials, your better date than never episodes if you don't get to listen to those live. And coming soon, Vanderpump recap starting from season one. Oh, you're going to do it? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's so good. I'm up to season five. I could, I, that's like all I want to do is talk about it. We, it's like, yeah, it's problematic. Yeah. If you want to come back and recap those. Nice. Does yeah. Natalie is into it? Oh, yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you on Thursday. Can't wait. Bye. Bye.